Hey, David. What's shackalackin? Well, something <laughs> not so shackalackinly great. If uh, if I were to be honest, can I uh, can, can I can I vent to you for a second? Here, I'll lend you my ear. Perfect, listeners, get ready for this. So, I live in an apartment building, and uh, I have a parking spot that's assigned to me that I pay money for. Right now, they're doing work on fifty percent of the parkade. Unfortunately, that part of the 50% is part that I'm in. And it doesn't even affect the floor I'm on. So they're removing the tennis court off the top of it to add additional parking. Okay? Not not bad. But they've given me the choice of trying to get a visitor spot. Or I have to go over to the mall. Now... The funny thing about the mall is if I if I park over there, I'll get a ticket if my vehicle's not moved by 9 a.m. But they're not oh. supplementing people for the tickets, and they're still charging people for parking. And there's like <laughs> 10 visitor spots. So I'm in a debate. And let me tell you, it's not going well. I'm losing. Well, you shouldn't be losing because it's a simple thing. You're paying money. For a parking spot that wait but hold on if they're not doing services on your parking spot why are you not allowed to park there then because it's underneath oh it's like a security thing yeah but this uh here's the here's the tiny little caveat it's uh from may till october they anticipate this project oh take. so they so they expect you to pay from may to october for a parking spot that you aren't going to get use of yeah well, that sucks, but you know what you are going to get use of from May to October? What's that? The Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. Welcome, welcome to the most exciting episode over the last few weeks because I finally get to talk about Moon Knight and it did it again. We are three for three. Yay. <laughs> for it those living not, under a rock. It, it might not actually show up in in post. I don't know. Uh, well, it did the last time <laughs> I listened to it, but uh, for those living under a rock, our intro seems to like to replay itself now, which makes little to no sense. It's because it's but, so good. The beat just won't stop. Uh, the the good news is we're in an episode where we can finally talk about the show that is taking um, Disney Plus by storm, and that's Moon Knight. So I'm really excited. Well, not to anymore, really, because it's over. Have, have you seen Doctor Strange yet? No. So obviously we won't talk about Doctor Strange this week, but maybe next week. Um, the I'm, only hoping thing I'll say- see, I'm hoping to see it this week, but the uh, you know, the theater here is so small that it's not always you you remember the old days where you had to go and buy your tickets at the the concessions uh, the concession stand at the box office and then line up outside the theater in hopes to get a good seat yeah like that was like what 10 years ago maybe if not more yep uh yeah that's what it's like up here well i ordered my tickets and i i enjoyed it opening night the the one thing I'm going to say for those people who might be worried that we're going to spoil something for Moon Knight that doesn't affect or affects Doctor Strange, to my knowledge, and I've seen all of both, there's no tie-in whatsoever, which is hugely disappointing because Marvel did this again where the the show leads into the, like the last show episode aired the day before the movie released so hawkeye and spider-man did that the only real tie-in was christmas and the fact that the rogers musical was on the billboard so oh, yeah that's true we'll, we'll talk about but you know at the what end the, so we can the thing is the, though the spoiler is warning a lot of those series though and we'll talk about this a little more like obviously they knew that the really but hold on dr strange was delayed though so it wasn't originally going to release the day after the last episode of Moon Knight. So that is true. Check your expectations at the door, Sean. 
I can't. I don't. I don't <laughs> have the ability to do that. Um, but before we get into it, uh, how are you? How, uh, how have you been? What have you watched? What have you done? What have I watched? Uh, oh yeah, I've been watching the Pentaverant. It's the new Michael Myers series on Netflix. And let me tell you this. I haven't laughed <laughs> at a show in a long time. Like I've laughed at watching the Pentaverant. I think it's one of these shows that Canadians would appreciate more than our American brethren's to the South. Because as everyone knows, Michael Myers is a, a hardcore Canadian, you know, born and raised in Toronto. I think he still lives in Canada. I don't know. Probably not. All famous Canadians eventually leave Canada. Um, but there's a lot of jokes about Canada or Canadian parody kind of, I don't know. It's just everything. The way that they talk, the insults that they use, the accents that they use. And it's it's honestly, you should watch it. I think you would get a kick out of it. It's not obviously doesn't take itself too serious. It really makes me feel like I'm watching uh, a Mike Myers movie from like the Austin Powers era. All right. I'll watch it when you. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. When I, I, when I watch what, Invincible or whatever it is? When you watch anything I recommend to you. Anything. <laughs> no, it's actually. Literally uh... <laughs> anything. I can tell you to watch a commercial and you'd be like, yeah, I'll get to it. Hey, I watched the the Gotham Knights trailer. Yeah, but you have to. That's your job. That's work. <laughs> um, this is work, David. This is work. It's, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. The, the premise is um, there is this secret organization of five people who actually control the world. Okay. And uh, this, this uh, Canadian newscaster is trying to find... He's trying to infiltrate the this organization in order to essentially get the the best news story to get his job back. Um, it's honestly, it's just Mike Myers playing different characters, uh, and it's I don't know. Well, you remember uh, Austin Powers, right? Like how he played multiple characters in those things, and they felt like different characters, even though that you knew it was Mike Myers. He's just that good at playing different characters and doing different voices and accents and stuff like that. It's the same thing. It's a, it's a pretty good throwback to the heydays of his, uh, his film career. I have heard that he is very difficult to work with. And maybe that's why he does so many characters in every movie because nobody else wants to work with him. Mm, I don't know, maybe, but also the multiple characters is kind of his his thing, right? Well, maybe that's why. Like, I, I remember reading about, um, I can't remember what movie it was, but he would not, like, he'd get mad if crew members looked him in the eye. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I, I'll try and find it while we're, we're, hmm. we're kicking around, because we have lots going on. So you've been watching that. Um... The weather here was uh, finally above. It is. It was. Did I mention this the other week? It was 60 degrees warmer than when we originally came up to the great white north. Well, now now your house is finally thought out. So I bought a barbecue, um, set that up, managed to barbecue some good steaks. And then literally that evening we had rain and it rained for <laughs> for like three days straight flooding everywhere not my house but winnipeg's flooded the highway in and out of the city here is uh flooded they're yeah they're evacuating people up north yeah it's it's crazy but hey i finally have a barbecue again i am a man once more what did you do with your last barbecue did you sell it i gave it to my sister oh that was nice of you well, it was like I know I, I like I gave it to her in exchange for some money. <laughs> yeah, I gave it to her in exchange for some money. Um it was just one of those things. It was just like t- too kind of awkward and cumbersome to to move. Right? Cuz you can't really take a barbecue apart once it's put yeah, together. 
That's true. Right, okay, you ready? I got it. I got it. So Mike Myers has spent much of his career making everyone hate him. Though those who have worked, uh, who have worked closely with um, him in the Austin Powers movies cited him as a genius. They have also called him a moody, temperamental control freak. So although you might associate Mike with the classic catchphrases like, yeah, baby, yeah, and that'll do, donkey, that'll do, he's an egomaniacal maniac. Whoa. That's a lot. Hmm. I, I can't remember what. Oh, it was the love guru. So yeah, the love guru was like the I, last thing that he did, too. I know a guy um, who I've played ultimate with before. This guy has worked on a few different films with. Um, well, like within the Toronto area, and they said mm-hmm. the love guru beach scene that they shot down at Scarborough's uh, the Scarborough Bluffs. Mike Myers was like a tyrant through the entire process. He made it very difficult to work with people. The only person he really interacted with the entire time was uh, Jessica Alba, but it was a lot for them to deal with. And he he said it was, it was quite, quite hard for the cast and crew or like the crew to work with Mike, give him any sort of feedback whatsoever. Huh. Crazy, right? Yeah, because he seems like a, such a nice guy. But I guess you know when you're when you're of that caliber, and maybe I guess after the Love Guru, or sorry, during the Love Guru, that was his first big thing from doing the Austin Powers movies, right? Yeah, and those were so huge, and maybe it just got more and more. I don't know. So th- this guy's told me a bunch of other stories before. He said they did when they were working on Suicide Squad. Um, the actor formerly known as Will Smith um, <laughs> bought everybody on the crew. Like he brought meal trucks in and was like, go nuts guys. So when they shot one of those downtown scenes where the helicopter crashed, it was a very late night. They shot early into the morning. He rented out a bunch of meal trucks to actually come in and cater and do all the craft services. And that was out of his own pocket. So good, good for, for Will Smith, even though like his career is slowly being ruined. Um, which also crazily in the news this week, did you see that the rock might replace him for an iconic role that he is, uh, in talks with doing a sequel to a movie? Uh, is he going to replace him as, uh, Jay or whatever in, uh, men in black? No, that wasn't my guess. I (laughs) thought they were going to replace him as Mike Lowry. In Bad Boys, and I could just see The Rock actually. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know. If they oh were my god! Fuck up that that would be so bad. Um, but apparently, The Rock is in early negotiations to take over as the genie in the in Aladdin two. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. They're, and uh, hold on, this is news to me. They're making a sequel. That's what we said, <laughs> but. Does well, Disney not realize that all of the sequels to their movies usually suck? bomb? Yeah. Unless, unless you're talking like, Toy Story or Cars. Yeah, I was going to say, unless it's like a Pixar movie. All of like so, their, like Bambi 2, Bambi's Revenge. Well, the <laughs> Dwayne keep- The Rock Johnson is, <laughs> is Bambi 2. Last time, his mother was hunted. This time, the hunter's mothers are being hunted. the um i I sent you a message a few weeks back and we never got to talk about it on the show but i sent you something about the rock that made you sad and i sent it to another friend of mine who's also a huge fan of that video game um and he was also disgusted by the potential casting of the rock do you remember what game i was telling you about that was going to be adapted into a, a, a live action movie or a, an animated movie of some sort. Uh, no, I'm drawing a huge blank now. That's one of your favorites. I'm talking about It Takes Two. Oh, and yeah. The Rock is in talks to make oh, that God. movie. What a I know stupid we've, concept. I know we've done. No, the concept is great because that game made good narrative. No, like no, no. It was, no. A, it was I, a good story. I, yeah, but does it need a movie, though? 
maybe like i think it would be better as a tv show where they kept going back and forth that would that book. would make more sense yeah however i know we've done the cash or crap for Dwayne the rock johnson but guys enough is enough we were talking about this at work and i even referred to black adam as going to be like one of the worst movies ever and oh yeah that's the new Shaz- is that the new shazam style like the movie DC, yeah the dc one right yeah like can 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 we stop, please? Yeah. No. You know what the I'm, thing is? Is I think he is, and this is going to turn into a, a Dwayne Johnson rant. I think he's slowly on the decline because if you notice, like he's not in a lot of huge blockbuster movies anymore. Now, granted, I'm sure COVID has something to do with a lot of the blockbusters, but still, it was almost. It almost felt like. Every few months, we'd have a new Dwayne Johnson movie, and now it's less and like less. And he's doing, and he's doing, yeah. But they're more like direct to Netflix <laughs> movies, right? So I don't know. True. Hopefully, maybe in the next few years, we're going to see less and less of him, and then he's just going to start doing cameos on TV shows or something. But yo, I'm so wrong. Guess how many projects The Rock has? Oh my god! Like is upcoming, it like, right is now. it like twelve? Okay, so he has 14. <laughs> oh my god. Two two movies are ready for release, and that's DC League of Super Pets, he plays Crypto, and yeah. Black Adam, okay? In 2023, he's in Red 1. In production, he's doing the remake of Big Trouble in Little China. Of course. In development, he is doing The King, and he is playing King Kamehameha. The untitled Larry Hillebon project He's playing Doc Savage, which I think is another um, superhero type person. Uh, Ball and Chain, Alpha Squad 7, uh, Untitled Dwayne Johnson Action Comedy, San Andreas 2. <laughs> like, I last didn't know time this San, Last time San Andreas split in half. This time. <laughs> this time, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is splitting San Andreas in four. Smashing Machine, <laughs> John Henry and the Statesman. So wait, is he actually going to play John Henry? Yes, he is. John Henry. That No. And Untitled Red Notice sequel. Hollywood. Stop. People. Stop. The thing is, is it's because he's they know studios know that he's going to make bring in ticket sales. Right. But we prove that he doesn't always No, but there's a lot of dumb people out there that will still do it because they don't really know better. (laughs) John Henry is an American folk hero, uh, an African-American freedman. He is said to have worked as a steel driving man a man tasked with hammering a steel drill into a rock to make holes for explosives to blast the rock while constructing the railroad tunnel or constructing a railroad tunnel. Can't wait for the movie. Yeah, I know. You know what actor makes movies that we expect the same thing every time, but they're still great. And I still love to watch them. Adam Sandler, Liam Neeson, even in Ted, every, Every movie from since he did uh, what's uh, what's the one where he oh taken every single movie since then it's pretty much the same kind of premise just slightly different area of the world. Uh, there was the one where he was the snowplow guy and he has to take on the mob. There's a one where he's like a retired uh, sharpshooter. And then he had to <laughs> take, take on, on the, the mob Mex- Mexican <laughs> cartel. Uh, there's like a whole bunch of stuff where, where it's just like, he's just some guy who's just wants to retire. Turns out that he has to do one last job. He's going to take on the Mexican cartel by himself. <laughs> he's got a bullet and it's got the Mexican mob guy's name on it. I don't know any one <laughs> gun, three bullets, and five bad guys. Check out Liam Neeson's greatest new film, Blue Undercover, on Netflix. And no, that, he doesn't even do Netflix movies. 
Fine. He's too good for Only Netflix. in theaters this summer. <laughs> and then coming to Amazon Prime. <laughs> and <laughs> audio feature at 95.2, The Lake. Yeah. That's, well. uh, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that conversation went all over the place. <laughs> and I'm happy it happened. But. Let's let's go into a different direction. Let's talk Gotham Knights for a little bit because I found it interesting that they seemingly canceled the last generation adaptations of the game and they're going to focus solely on next gen um, content while the game has already been delayed once. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, A, after seeing this new gameplay footage, if maybe these things go hand in hand. And like the game does look good. Um, it was released earlier in the week. But I think I think we're gonna run into more of this in the in the coming months, if not next few years. Uh where game developers, if they are working on a game, they have to develop it for two different systems or two different console generations at the same time, right? Um more so for Xbox because Microsoft has in their advertisement and marketing for the Xbox Series X, they pretty much advertised that they were going to have uh, the Xbox as an ecosystem, right? Not a not a, a console generation. So they marketed it so that you could buy a game for your Xbox Series X and you could still play it on the Xbox One. Right, or you could buy a game for your Xbox One, and then it would be able to be played on the Xbox Series X with like added features and updates. But I think what we're going to find is more and more developers don't want to have to dumb down their game just so that it runs on the lesser hardware, right? Because that's going to be the limiting factor. It's kind of like with the Xbox 360, PS3, and the Wii, right? You have these multi-platform games, but because the Wii was so underpowered in comparison to uh, Sony and Microsoft's consoles, they pretty much had to make completely different games for those, right? And if you're looking at the Xbox One, right, they have how many iterations of that? There's the original Xbox One, then there's the Xbox Series S, then the Xbox One X, then the Xbox, or sorry, Xbox One S, One X, Series S, Series X. There's so five there's playable Xboxes. Five, five playable Xboxes, yeah, right? From the original lot. Xbox to the Series S. And if you, if you play a game that was made for, like, say, later years, like pre-Series S, but you try and play it on the X, the original Xbox One. A lot of the times, like it's still dumbed down. It doesn't have like the graphical fi- uh, fidelity as something that was made for the Xbox One X, right? Because the hardware is just advanced so much. So I think Microsoft has kind of um, shot themselves in a f- the foot by having their system be cross generational, right? But Sony but then, has the same problem. It's not just but, them, but not so much because. Sure, Sony is having like you can't buy a PS5 game and put it in your PS4 and and expect it to play right because the, the game discs and the, the formats are different even though the architecture is roughly the same. It's developers are having uh, like upgrade options. If you buy the game on PS4, you can put the PS4 disc in your PS5 and download an update. So. That is slightly different than buying the game disc and having it work on both systems, right? Like it's it's only installing the the game for the system and it's going to be, you're going to have lower graphics on the Xbox One X as opposed to the Xbox Series S, right? Or at Series X. But I'm not surprised by this announcement that they were cutting out the PS4 and the Xbox One from uh, Gotham Knights. And I think we're going to see that a lot more, especially for these AAA titles, right? Because they're just going to want to push the hardware more. And the the limiting factor is going to be the older hardware. Eventually, it's going to get to the point where there's they're not going to be making 
a lot of mainstream games for the PS4 or the um, Xbox One series yeah. consoles. It just doesn't make sense, right? Like, especially if we want technology to push games forward, well, why would you develop something and limit it on older hardware? Yeah. Well, okay. So, no, you're 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 right. And when I look at this game in particular, I look at like the delays that have already happened. I'm like, okay, so what really am I missing out on if I don't have a Series X or a PS5? Watching the gameplay trailer, do you not get like a weird kind of division vibe from the game? It was kind of like I got a little bit of the the division vibe, but also. <sighs> It felt just like uh, the Batman Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. It's Arkham it's Night an Arkham game, game that's completely <laughs> open world in an RPG, right? It's like in the uh, the the studio when they were pitching the idea. It's like, okay, uh, let's make a Batman game where Batman's dead, <laughs> and you have well, to play everyone. Dead. You have to play. Yeah, did you watch the trailer? Is he dead? Yeah, it's like the beginning of the, the trailer from like last year when they announced it. Right. They were watching the video. It's like, if you're watching this, I'm dead. So it's like, okay, hold on. It's a Batman game, but Batman's dead. So I know they, they it's not called Batman Arkham Knights. It's Arkham, just Arkham Knights, but it's in the Batman universe and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's It's an interesting concept. I think... It's they're trying something different. It's cool. I like the co-op idea where, you know, depending on how co-op plays out, um, as long as if, if I can just jump into your game and play and help you with missions and unlock that stuff in my my game or my world, that would be sweet. But at the same time, if if unlocks only are persistent in one player's game then that's gonna suck that's like a what was that a state of decay yeah state this, of decay yeah. is really bad for that brutal right uh it does look cool though um i don't know it, it looks like a mix of what spider-man did and then they took the arkham games and put them over like uh sorry uh open world yeah, it it's very it kind of reminds me a lot of Arkham City but more open. I guess. Um I do kind of appreciate but unappreciate the fact that three Robin personas are split over different characters and I guess they all exist at the same time. So Dick Grayson, Jason Todd and Tim Drake, if you look at the character synopsis stuff under the knights, you have the Red Hood which I believe is Dick or um Jason Todd Robin, which is the Tim Drake version, and Dick Grayson is playing Nightwing. Yeah, I thought that they were all just different iterations of Robin. Yeah, they are. But like we, when we've seen them in movies and stuff, and I might be wrong here, but doesn't one have to die to make the other one happen? I'm pretty sure. Well, they did mention that one of them was dead and brought back to life. Which would be Jason Todd. Which is Moon Knight. Which is which is the one that the Joker <laughs> killed. I'm pretty sure that's Jason Todd. I think so, yeah. So I'm uh I'm cautiously optimistic about this title. It looks like there's a little bit more, but if I'm gonna be interested in a DC property right now, it's probably still gonna be the Suicide Squad game. Just looks better. Uh I don't think I've looked too much into uh the Suicide Squad game. Even how they're investigating things is very division. Mm-hmm. Did, did Ubisoft accidentally make this game? <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> well, the thing is, is games these days, so many of them take ideas from so many other games that when something fresh comes out and different, then everyone else just jumps on the bandwagon. And then we have... <laughs> a few years of games all having the same mechanics and 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 stuff like that for a while there we've seen a change a little bit but for a while there was like every game had to be open world right well 
Yeah, you you said this even when we were doing meeples regularly. It was like um, you can't patent a mechanic. It's very hard to patent a mechanic. So if you have mm-hmm. a concept that works, everybody's going to jump onto that, whether yeah. it be um, land. Well, ma- what do you call battle it? Royale. Ra- battle, battle royale. Battle royale. Battle royale was a prime example, right? Like Fortnite came out, and then how many battle royale games came out afterwards? Didn't PUBG actually start the whole thing? Or, and then sorry, yeah, pu- yeah, sorry, yeah, it was PUBG, and then Fortnite, and then Warzone, and then Paladins changed their uh, mechanics to to that. Like, it's just that's the unfortunate thing about uh, certain things is like when they catch on, every other game does the same thing, and it's no different than than uh, well, board games is slightly different just because those are the like, game mechanics are kind of a th- like board games are. Dice chuckers, worker placement, land, yeah, uh, land like management, or like what's it called, land control? Yeah, like forex games and stuff like that. Like you can't really change the mechanics too much because a lot of games have very similar um, mechanics because of the the style of game they are, like board games in general. Well, but, you have the same in video games. You have hack and slash. You have RPGs. You have fetch questers. And like even when you're playing games like like bigger games like Grand Theft Auto um, or Red Dead, which are both made by Rockstar, um, Elder Elder Scrolls, um, what was that big one? Elden Ring that just came out, mm-hmm. Fallout. You have all these kind of games. And what do they all have in common? They have clusters where you have to go into battle. There's boss battles. There's fetch quests. There's just mundane puzzles that you have to do. Every game is designed the same. It's just with a different sticker on it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this year, we're not going to be able to see that all showcased in one spot. That's right. Uh Uh-oh. I know. For for those people (laughs) who are living under a rock, David and I are very disappointed that E3 is not happening. I shouldn't say very disappointed because, I mean, I like having that week back in June. But this will be the first time we haven't really covered an E3 or an E3 style summer in a long time from even back when we were writing. So this is very different for us. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's like our parents said Christmas is canceled and they weren't joking. (laughs) (laughs) The crazy part about it, too, is and I was saying this to you earlier this week. E3 does two very fundamental things for the industry. Maybe three. It hypes up the industry as a whole. So we'll call that number one. Number two, it gives you a glimpse into the near future and the future future. As a Mm -hmm. a great example, Dying Light 2. But the other thing it does is if you are showing off a concurrent or an annual title, it gives your previous title one last kick at sales before your next title comes out. And yeah. that boom is not going to exist this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, just game sales in general post-June. Uh, because like you said, E3 does boost a lot of game sales for previous titles in series because people want to go back and play them or people are see uh, a new game that's coming out and they're like oh wait a second this is a sequel to this other game i didn't realize it it looks pretty cool i don't want to miss out or misunderstand the story so i'm gonna go buy the game it's not gonna happen so my wallet is safe but my heart is a little broken Yeah, it's okay. So, like, I know some companies are going to be doing their thing, right? EA Mm -hmm. is going to have a presentation. You know, like, Ubisoft will probably do something because they're going to want to announce Far Cry 1200. Every company is going to release something throughout the summer. Microsoft and Sony have already been doing what Nintendo's been doing for years. They're just having new fancy... What what, what is... What does PlayStation always call theirs? I always forget. State of play. Yes. The state of play. 
Microsoft just has events, which is nice. They don't really glam them up. Nintendo Directs and Nintendo Treehouse and Pokemon Directs, they all happen. The thing I'm very interested in is how these little events affect gaming as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because when you'd see Sony or um, Microsoft's presentations, you'd always see two major things happen. You'd always see the same. You'd see a few games twice, right? Because you've like the big titles. Some of them are world premiere exclusives. Mm-hmm. Other ones are ones that maybe are shown off in a different light or a different angle. The the one that I always think of is like Mario versus rabbits, right? You see it in the Ubisoft presentation. You see it in the Nintendo presentation. You see a lot of EA and Ubisoft games in both presentations. You used yeah, to see a lot of Bethesda stuff like that. And, but now- and those things like hyped up the games even more, right? When you would see them in more presentations, right? Like Ubisoft would show off uh, a, like the first reveal of Mario plus rabbits. And then we get to see more of it at the Nintendo Treehouse or the Nintendo Direct, right? So it just keeps the hype going for those games. And slowly we see a little bit more and more and more, but now we're not going to... Ha- well, the thing is, is like hey, you said, most of these companies are still going to do their things, but there's not a, a dedicated E3 week with a set schedule for stuff. You know, um, Sony... Well, Nintendo hasn't had a... Ha- hasn't had a uh, actual... E3 traditional presentation in years, right? Since, since they started go- 18? Yeah, since they've gone to their uh, direct uh, process, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Microsoft was really the only one that had consistent in-person presentations, right? Sony went to the state of play where they do their, their uh, trying to to uh, kind of copy Nintendo and do it that way, which Sony's for some reason always seems to be disappointing. Like if you if you don't have to spend as much money on a stage and lighting and all of that stuff, you know, spend some more money and get some better trailers, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft is the only one that really has had in-person presentations. So I think out of everyone... Microsoft is going to be the one that would have to change oh, they, things. They have the most to lose. Even though like it was widely reported for a while that Sony was the driving force behind E3. They were the one that got the cool presentation time because they were putting a lot of money into it, which blows my mind because it still, to this day, boggles me that Sony has all this money to throw around mm-hmm. because they don't do enough to make money. Microsoft has other divisions aside from Xbox that make money without even trying. Microsoft is kind of like, oh, it's like the yacht to my, or like Xbox is like the yacht to Microsoft. Doesn't need it, but it's there and it continually makes money. Well, and the thing is, is like Microsoft, like you said, Microsoft doesn't need Xbox to make money because they have other avenues of making money. Like they do have their, their whole windows division they have like a whole business division like think of the computers that everyone uses at work unless you're in like the media industry um or i would say primarily the media industry you're most likely using a windows computer or a a pc running windows right someone's got to pay for those licenses (laughs) right um and sony has lots of other divisions they have hardware divisions, they have TVs, they have sound, they have speakers, they have like movie, stuff like that. But they're not making a ton of money in all of their other uh, technological ventures. So while Microsoft can kind of funnel money into different departments if they need to, kind of keep them afloat or whatnot, Sony doesn't really have the benefit of doing that. You know? Yeah, 100%. And... Sony's film in, uh, de- like department is bleeding money. Mm-hmm. You can't keep depending on the House of Mouse to save you every time. Like, oh man, we're going broke. We need to send Spider-Man over for three more movies. <laughs> but they would, and they do. Well, yeah. 
Like so, like the the, spy, the last Spider Man trilogy killed it, right? Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. To me, the biggest company that's going to hurt the most is going to be Microsoft, but it's going to be for reasons that we don't necessarily think of, or like we're thinking of now, of course, but it's not the obvious ones. It's the, you're not getting all that extra exposure. People aren't realizing, especially with all these acquisitions, like what Activision games are coming out, right? That's true. Oh shit. Every Activision game now gets Microsoft at least a dollar because Microsoft owns Activision now. Same with Bethesda. You want Starfield to come out next year? Sorry, Sony. You don't even get to watch it. Like, maybe they canceled E3 because of this insane pissing war between the two companies where Microsoft, at the end of the day, is still like, yeah, we want gaming to be ex- or inclusive for everyone, but they've bought all the biggest IPs. And Sony's out here just picking up Square Enix. So, like, there, there's... there's some good and some bad because like, yeah, I get it. Maybe you don't want to watch six presentations where four of them are actually Microsoft presentations. Just some of these games are being sold to Sony and Nintendo. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I get that a little bit, but what's Microsoft going to do a three hour event where they just go over all the stuff, all of their studios. Actually, that would be a great idea. Actually. Yeah, man. If I was part of Microsoft's marketing team, I would say we're doing an event you can either watch it on YouTube or you could get a ticket to the movie theater for $5 to go see it. And you could just watch movie trailers or game trailers for two hours, make it a feature event, get really comfortable, get everybody hyped up, make it at specific theaters and just, again, do something else better than Sony. Sony for years had the superior console in most people's eyes. Well, the PS4 the could is, do is- no wrong. Well, it's because they had the premium single player games, right? Whereas Microsoft just they they got so big based off of their multiplayer experience and they hung on to that for so long. And I think it's only recently Microsoft is kind of focusing starting to focus a little bit more on the single player experience, whereas Sony's being all in on the single player experience. Like the PS3 it had online infrastructure, but it wasn't it wasn't a paid um, service, right? And they didn't really push it. Like it wasn't one of these things where it's like, oh, you need this a membership where it makes it seem like a more elite group that you're part of. And so they still focused on their first party games. Now, once they went for the PS4. Sure, they jumped on the paid subscription bandwagon, but they still kept that mentality that people need good single-player games. And multiplayer is just kind of a, a second thought. Whereas Xbox, Microsoft was still focused heavily on the multiplayer aspect. Like, what was uh, that one that they hyped up a lot for E3 a few years ago? Um, it had, uh, what's his name? Terry Crews in it. Uh just cause three. Not just cause. Yeah, it was. No, that was the uh one where you blow stuff up. It's not futuristic. Oh, um it's not control. No. <laughs> um This is Crackdown like, so three. I got the number three. three. I yeah. know, yeah. Um, but that game there was huge hype for it and then it released and it kind of fell flat human fall flat (laughs) yeah but when you look at the the games that sony's released or at least published or for their first party or sorry second party or um companies have developed they they're all like huge smash hits yeah it's but but sony can't wait well, they that's can't. the thing. It's like Sony can't even get the the hype. Remember all like the state of plays that they had for the leading up to the PS5, right? Like everything was kind of just meh. Like nothing really stood out. But Microsoft, all of their stuff was like super exciting because like it was cutting edge stuff. Like there's a lot of new games and things were looking amazing. But Sony just was still being very reserved. 
And I think a big part of it was like Microsoft didn't really hold back when it came to talking about the specs of their their system and and what it could do. Whereas Sony, like, and we see the same thing with Sony's announcement and change of the PlayStation Plus subscription model, right? Like they trickle feed little bits of information. So it's difficult to get hyped up over something because there's so many unknowns. And when they show us a trailer for a game, it's usually like either a cinematic trailer where people get hyped for cinematic trailers, but it's like, wait a second, the games are not going to look anything like that. You know, it could be garbage for all we know. It could be a a full 3D cinematic trailer and then the game ends up being like (laughs) pixel art, right? Sony's not good at hyping up their games as much as Microsoft is. Same uh, same with Nintendo. Nintendo's better at it. Um and I don't but know But you know why? It's Sony depends on four like three or four franchises and for years they have Gran Turismo, God of War, Uncharted, and Spider-Man. That's true. That has been their marketing for the last 4 years. Single player games to lose yourself to. Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, oh, what the hell was the other one? Oh, there, there's one other game that's like hugely PlayStation pumped up. But at the end of the day, that that's what they're doing. That's their focus. They're like, you know what? We're just going to be really good at a few things. The problem is from launch till now, everybody thought Sony was going to have the better launch. Mm-hmm. E3 told us that. But then we got there. Both launches were pretty terrible. They were kind of ass. And a lot of that had to do with there's fa- there's no hardware. Or there was yeah, no hardware. It, it was in the, the middle of, of pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it was in the middle of a pandemic. There was like hardware shortages and shipping delays and all that stuff. Yeah. But, it went less than it was less than stellar for both of them. But at the same time, you could get an Xbox easier than you could get a PlayStation. One car car has four wheels. The other has two. Yeah. One, one took off. And with game pass alone, you had instant access to all first party. First party releases instantly. Mm -hmm. Boom. If you had game pass, what's cheaper to you Four games at full price or the price of two games for a year's worth of all the games you want on a service. You're just spending, you're buying two games right away at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year or whenever you buy it. It's a no brainer. Yeah. And e, like E3, we're going to miss that because we're going to miss planning out what we want to spend our money on. When we talk about what games are coming out next month at the beginning of the month, Honestly, the last few we've done, I was like, holy shit, that game's coming out? Wow, that game's coming out? I totally forgot. I'm not hyped for anything. There's no hype. No, and I guess the last time that we were super hyped for a game would be um, Lego Star Wars. Yeah. That game was based off of a, uh, a huge sense of nostalgia. And really, the Lego games have never really disappointed, right? Like, you know what you're getting into, when you buy a Lego game, you know, I, I'm, I'm an adult and I, <laughs> and I bought three more Lego sets the other day. Cause it was May the 4th. It was star oh, Wars what day. Did, what did you buy? We got the, 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 the diorama sets. Oh, so you got the Darth Vader one. You got the, the, the trash compactor, Dagobah and, um, the death star trench run. Nice. Yeah. Um, can I tell you what I bought star Wars wise? Yeah, what'd you buy? It's pretty cool, but pretty lame. Was it a lightsaber? Uh, it had a lightsaber involved, kind of. I, I won't tell dildo? you which ones I bought, but I will show you <laughs> um, when they arrive. Um, instead of buying cheap silicone rings for my impending nuptials, I bought a set of Enzos. Oh, nice. Um, so but- now when, when I want to get some, you're going to be like, oh, you're copying me. Well, I told you I was doing it already, so you would be copying me regardless. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, she who shall not be named thought about getting those mostly for uh, like travel purposes. 
So you know, like that that's it. So I don't like having things on my hand. It's it, it took me a while to get used to wearing a watch. And the amount I bang my hand off things, I don't feel comfortable wearing a piece of metal or tungsten. That's so I, I will have one for dinners, um, engagements, lo- like events. But bet your ass when I'm at work, when I'm at Ultimate, when I'm at the gym, when I'm doing anything, I will have one of my Enzo rings on. Okay, but which and one did you get? I'm not telling you. I'd rather show you. Because I swear to God, if you got the one that I wanted, it I'm doesn't mad. matter. I'm getting married first. Doesn't matter. You, challenge accepted. <laughs> you you can copy me all you want. It doesn't matter. Mine are already ordered. Yeah, who knows? Maybe I ordered, ordered some already. Sure. But they won't show up until after because I live up in the middle of nowhere. So. We'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about <laughs> Um. With that being said, I want to talk about Moon Knight before we go. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yes, Danger, Will program. Robinson. That's what we need. Oh, how about this? Okay, hold on. One more thing before Moon Knight. Stop the clock. Stop the sound. <laughs> if if you went to Doctor Strange opening weekend, you got two treats. You got uh, the exclusive look at Avatar before the trailer dropped worldwide a few days later. So if you haven't seen the Avatar 2 um, Walk of Water... Okay, can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. Because I watched that trailer and it's about nine years too late. It doesn't there's look no any, dialogue. It doesn't look any better than Avatar did, so Dude, <laughs> it's gonna be the first IMAX 8K film. But does IMAX even have uh, 8K projectors? Well, they they must if that's what they're toting. <laughs> but maybe more importantly, there was a like five minute scene before don't spoil the movie. it for me uh, I, I think it was only opening weekend okay but it was an exclusive look at top gun and oh, okay. there's an insane scene from top gun i don't know if it's on the internet yet i haven't looked yet but it's maverick literally just doing fighting drills with people full and penetration so good full penetration so good, like I, I I can't wait to see the movie. So good. No. <laughs> Bustin makes me feel good. Okay, but hold on. We're <laughs> we're going into the danger zone though for spoilers. This is gonna be our spoiler thing. I think that's a great spoiler tag. Yeah, we'll we'll make we'll make it a little clean. <laughs> we'll clean. All right, Moon Knight. If you guys haven't watched it, uh, press pause on this podcast episode and go finish it because seriously, last episode came out what like two weeks ago. So, what have you been doing with your life, Sean? What'd you think about it? I loved it. If I were to put the Marvel hierarchy of TV shows together, Hawkeye is probably last, even though I really like the character. It, it I think, is better. Okay. In a sense, it's better than Loki for the sheer... I had no idea about Moon Knight going into it. So it was a brand new character for okay. me. There was a lot of educational purposes. Um, a really awesome YouTube channel that I follow is New Rockstars. They break down every episode. Shout out to Eric Voss. That guy's a boss. Um, but seriously, that show to me was so enticing. Like I was, it was confusing at times, and you had to follow along very carefully. This was not a show that you could not pay attention to because once you discover that he has um, a split personality disorder, the game changes completely. And the fact that he can interact with himself, how 
while he was pretty much dreaming the whole time. Um, like when he sees himself. But just overall, like the cinematography, incredible. The use of angles and reflection, mind-blowingly good. This yeah, by they far, did their math. They did their geometry. <laughs> this, this this show by far is one you should not sleep on. And if Marvel does do a Midnight Suns or a Secret Wars, Moon Knight is going to pay off so well. I'm incredibly impressed by this show. Oscar Isaac deserves an Emmy for his performance. And that's that's saying a lot. It, it was very well done. V- very good. What do you what do you think before I, we break, break down some stuff? I think I'm in agreement with you. Um, it is definitely an, a show where you have to kind of pay attention to what's going on. There was a few, like I would say maybe like episode three. It kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, and I just was like, okay, well, I hope that this is not going to continue on like this. Like it's going to stay and, and pick up. And it did. Um, I, I think it is, see, I, I still really liked, uh, Loki and kind of what that did with the, the Marvel universe and with that character. I wouldn't say it's as good as Loki in my my opinion, but it's it's my second favorite out of all of the Marvel shows that have come out. Interesting. Um, uh, I just like the Loki character better. Um, with Moon Knight, it was, like you said, a new character. Didn't really know anything about it. So they had to explain the character in, what was it, eight episodes? Yeah. Something like that. So six, they had to six, six, six. So they had to explain the character and tell a compelling story, and essentially create this character for future use in six episodes. And I think they did a really good job with that. Um, I was kind of confused a lot with the well and they did a good job this is kind of what they wanted right like when he was in the uh the mental hospital right and going kind of going back and forth and you're like okay like is he actually just dreaming all of this or is this actually a real thing or or why like i think they did a really good job with that um and ultimately still leaving like answering questions but leaving a lot of questions at the end, right? Because I think it was cool how, well, like before and what's Steven? It's Steven and who? I forget the other guy's name. Mark Spector, the main. Yeah. Mark, Steven Grant and Mark Spector, right? So when they like alternated back and forth before they could kind of like talk to each other, right? And he'd wake up and be like, oh my God, what happened? There's like dead people everywhere. Uh, I knew that they were going to release like another split personality. Cause like they had to keep this character alive, right? Like carried on into the remainder of the, uh, Marvel universe. Um, when they, at the very end were kind of like stuck. And then next thing, you know, both of them are like, uh, what the hell just happened? Right. Everyone's <laughs> dead. And then his girlfriend or whatever's like, what the hell was that? Right. Uh, right at the very end and that was it the after scene or after credit scene where they kidnapped the uh um, the guy from the thing and then killed him in the car yeah well it's an off-screen death it's much like kingpin from hawkeye um but yeah that's his third persona right so Jake longley yeah so the way that they did that was like Really well done because at the end of the series or in the end of that last, last episode, you're like, oh, that's it? Really? And then there is that after credit scene or post credit scene where it's like, nope. Okay. <laughs> Third personality that explains a bunch of stuff from earlier in the, the series and whatnot. So. so, well, especially like the blackout when he's like, was that you? No. And it's, it's cool that he's like, he's dealing with himself, but um, I've been reading a little bit of the comics and actually Stephen Grant is a millionaire in the comics. 
So he he's created this like double life for himself, which is crazy. But he, he's like Stephen Grant is like fully established. He's really like thought out and methodical. He's a millionaire. Um, it's it's a cool series to kind of get into. Like but he's there's a million, also a lot. he's a millionaire with no money though, because he's still like the same person. Well, yes and no. So. It, it's there's so much. I'm just starting it because okay. I was like, you know what? I have a Marvel subscription. Why not? Um, but well, how did you feel about the the big battle at the end? Um, like I thought it was kind of cool because it it uh, I don't didn't really I guess mirrored is the wrong word, but you have these Egyptian gods, these deities like fighting it, and then you have humans with these special powers fighting against each other. Right. Like, and it's kind of like, I don't know, like the, the realness of earth and the people there. And then we have these like giant mythical creatures, these gods fighting outside of our own reality. Um, I don't know. It, I thought it was pretty cool how they how they did things. I thought it was I thought it was good that they gave I never what was the bad guy's name? Honestly, I can't remember. I just knew it was uh, as um, Haro? Yeah. Haro? I think it was good that they gave him powers so that he could actually defend himself against Moon Knight. Right? Because otherwise he's just a dude. Right? But because he has powers kind of going through the, the cane that he had and everything, it, it made it more realistic as to why he could defend himself against these, these beings that were way better trained and had regenerative properties to their bodies and all that stuff. Um, it was, I, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I, it was. I think it was the overall story arc left me wanting more of the character. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like uh, Hawkeye, where the series was so blah that by the end of it, you're like, please, please, no more. <laughs> right. Or even with um, what's it, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right? Like that wasn't a horrible series, but at the same time, at the very end, I was like, mm, I mean, I could go for more, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Like with Moon Knight, we're like, no, I want to see more of this character. I want to see what what shenanigans they get into next. Yeah. Um. The, the oh, what was I just going to say? I like totally blew out of my mind as well. I think I think the series had the perfect length to get you interested wanting more also waiting but i also think they got caught a little bit with reusing some uh some stuff because the way layla's um sacred scarab kind of persona fought didn't that look an awful lot like the falcon mm-hmm. just in female form well like you the know animation they probably was used... almost identical <laughs> i was gonna say they probably just reused some of the the same animations Right. Like when you when you don't have like the big uh, multi-million dollar movie budget. Right. You have the equivalent budget for six, essentially six hours of television. You know, you're going to cut corners where you can. So where I will leave my review. Is you should definitely watch it. It's it's a good, it's a fun watch. You do need to pay attention a little bit, which is okay. But it's a show worth watching if you're open-minded to meet a new character. And if you knew about him already, it's a great show. But it's not mm-hmm. a mainstream Avenger, and I think you need to realize that going in. The music is phenomenal. Everything about it, watching and sensing, is phenomenal. Very well done. Yeah, and I think that's what made it more interesting, though, is because it was a new character, 
right? It wasn't like we were watching um, just a continuation of something from one of the movies, which sure that's, that's exciting in a sense in its own, but at the same time, like use the time to explore new characters and bring them into the Marvel cinematic universe. If, if they can, right. Because they're going to get a, a sense on whether or not a character is not worth it, but is enjoyed from audiences. Right. Whereas if you put a, a character into a movie and people hate them or they just didn't vibe or didn't work well in the overall story arc, you're, you're going to have to write them off. You have to write them out somehow. Right. Well, if you do a TV show, sure. There's a significant investment, but at the same time, you're not obligated to continue that character on with any explanation into any of the movies or any other series. It could just be a one and done thing. 100%. I think, I think with using that to introduce new characters is a really smart way of doing it because with movies, there is an expectation of making a shit ton of money back, right? From ticket sales. Yeah. And that is where we, if the sales aren't as high as they expect, that's how we lose um, sequels. And that's how we lose uh, character developments. And, and that's when things get canceled and then reboot, you know, five years later with new actors and new stories and the same enemies, right? Whereas with this, like if, if this bombed, if people were like, meh, ratings were crap, they didn't have to do anything more with it, but they know that there was a, a huge positive response to it. And uh, I, I'm sure we'll see Moon Knight in some, some movie at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, going to be a main character in uh, the upcoming. What is it uh, with, with Elaine Bennett? No, like the the revenge, not the Revengers. Oh my god! Um, wow, why can't I think? Um, the Thunderbolts. Oh shit! Did you hear that? What? Oh, I don't know if you guys can hear that on here. There's a huge thunderstorm rolling in, and I have the window open here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's all I can hear. Uh, I I didn't hear that. He won't oh, be. Okay. A th- I think he'll be in Secret Avengers. I think yeah. that's what they're building up to right now. Okay, yeah, could, that makes sense. But that's what we think. We want to know what you think. Let us know um, how you're feeling about Moon Knight. Did you see Doctor Strange? And more importantly, did you or do you think that the gaming industry is going to hurt without having an E3? Let us know in your favorite comment area. Um, and we will catch you guys on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Thank you for listening. For myself and David. He's so cool. Game on.